אמר רב מרי, עשידים צדיקים דאבו אפרו. רב מרי says, בצדיקים will also return to dust after the Istalkus. דכסיב, because the Pasuk says in Kohelis, וישוי ויפר על אורס כשהיו, the dust will return to earth as it was, which means that as I mentioned before, being that this Pasuk is saying, והרוח תושוב אל האלוקים אשר נסונו. The Neshama departs, and therefore, So it's something that is not avoidable, and even Tzadikim, if the Neshama departs, so therefore the Guf will also return to dust. The Gemara then questions this statement by bringing, the, or clarifies the statement, by bringing the following story. There were diggers that were digging the land of Rav Nachman. Basically, Rav Nachman bought a piece of land. He wanted to build something. You need some property. You need to build, uh, you need to build the, the foundations. So um, you dig. As they were digging, Nachar Behu Rav Achai Bar Yoshiau. Rav Achai Bar Yoshiau reprimanded them. Got upset at them. Like, what do you think you're doing, kind of thing. Now, who was Rav Achai Bar Yoshiau? Was he one of the diggers? Was he Rav Nachman's helper? Was he upset at them? Rashi says on the left side, Rav Achai, Shaya Nik Barsham. Rav Achai was buried over there. So Rav Achai Barsham was buried in that, uh, under the land of Rav Nachman. There was no Matseva. He was buried there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Nobody knew he was there. They started to dig. When they got to his body, he screamed at them. What are you doing? They got scared, right? They ran. Where did they go? What do you think? They went to Rav Nachman and they say, Ben Gavro, Ben Adam, a person, a human, is buried under there and he's screaming at us. Rav Nachman is very interested. That doesn't happen every day, right? He went over to the gravesite and he tells Rav Achai, Who are you? Literally translated, Who is Master? When you talk to a respectable person, obviously, if he's dead and he's still talking, he must be an honorable man, so we're going to address him in a third person. Who is the master? He answers, That's my name. Now, Rav Nachman knows his history, especially the story of Tzadikim, so he knows that Rav Nachman passed away hundreds of years before that. He asks him then, didn't Rav Mari teach that Tzadikim will also return to dust? So in that case, how come your body is complete? Answers Rav Achai, Amar Mari Who is this Mari you're talking about? I don't even know who he is. In other words, why should I worry about the opinion of someone that I don't even, I, I don't even know who he is? Obviously Rav Mari was hundreds of years after Rav Achai. So he's saying he could say what he wants. Now, did Rav Achai, did Rav, did Rav Mari invent his statement? 
No, he based it on a pasuk. So that's the question that Rav Nachman is asking now. Amar le vehakraksi veyashu vafar alaretz kesheoyah. Rav Nachman tells Rav Achai, Rav Mari didn't invent it. He brought a pasuk. The pasuk says veyashu vafar alaretz kesheoyah. And as I mentioned before, the pirush of the reef, why this pasuk is a, a, a very strong proof, is because the, this pasuk seems to indicate that it's something that is automatic. The neshama departs, and therefore, Amar leis, Rav Achai answers, Rav Nachman, koeles, mishle. The one who taught you koeles didn't teach you mishle. Because it says in Mishle, Urekav Atzamois Kino, and Hashem will rot the bones of jealousy. In that sense, jealousy doesn't mean only jealousy, it means evil. Somebody who has jealousy, who has bad midas, is because, you know, the, the Tanya we're just learning in the past few days, past week, is about did he transform the Ra that is inside of him? Basically, if he didn't, he's not a tzaddik. So he answers, Call me, she'esh lo'ikino beliboi, atzmoisav markivin. Call she'en lo'ikino beliboi, en atzmoisav markivin. Whoever has jealousy in his heart, his bones will decompose. Whoever doesn't have jealousy in his heart, his bones will not decompose, which means that when you say that everybody will return to dust, ve'ashu va'afar el'aretz kashehaya, that doesn't apply to everybody. That only applies to somebody that have kino beliboy. He still has ra inside of him. Therefore, who doesn't have any ra? We know who has no ra absolutely inside of him. Tzadikim. So only a tzadik. So tzadikim who have absolutely no ra inside of them, then Enatzmeisamar give him. Their bones will not decompose. And therefore, they remain complete. Narav Nachman can't believe what's happening here. I'm having this discussion, an argument. I'm being insulted by this rabbi who says, I don't even know Mishle. Is it real? Is this really happening here? What do you do when you want to check if it's real or not? Well, if you pinch yourself, it's not really a proof because you know you're here. You know you're around. You got to pinch the other guy. So he bends over, Geshashe. He pinches him. Ravachai. Oh no, he was lying. He was lying in the grave. He was right there. He sees that there is mamoshes. There is a real substance to this body. It's not just a spirit. It's not just an, an illusion. There is a, a person there, a real person there who's having this discussion. So Rav Nachman tells him, Rav Achai, Master, get up and let's continue the discussion at home. I mean, you're obviously uncomfortable here, you know, we're talking, so might as well get up and come home. Amar lei, Rav tells him, Galis ta'afilu You are showing, you are showing about yourself, that not only you don't know Mishle, but you don't even know Navi. Because it says in the Navi, in Yecheskel, Dichsiv, Riedatem ki ani Hashem, you will know that I am Hashem when I will open your grave. What does that pasuk implies? That only when I will open your graves. So the pasuk implies that only 
Hashem could take somebody out of the grave. Yeah, I'm having discussion with you. My body is full and I could talk to you. But I can't get out of here until Hashem declares that this is the time for Tchesa Mesim. I can get out. You can take me out. Well, well, we'll explain really all of this. You know, Definitely that if there was a Istalkus and there was a burial, is because the Neshama went away. Now, what does it mean? The, how is he speaking? So it means that his goof remains complete. Not only, you see, when I was talking to you, the examples that you've heard before, like the Rebbe Rashab and other tzaddikim we've heard about, we only know that the body is complete. We don't realize how much more there is to it, which means that, yeah, the Neshama went to a different dimension. But nonetheless, the goof being complete means an ability to communicate as well. Alpitoiren. This is a discussion we will have next week, because... Right now, today, we're only going to discuss the concept of returning to dust, why tzaddikim are different. Next week, by, with the help of the story on the other page, we are going to discuss about what does it mean. Are they alive? Are they like they're alive? Are they as if they're alive? Obviously, there are limitations, uh, because it can't even get, it can get out, even if he wants to. But on the, other, on the other hand, there is the opposite of limitations, because... It goes beyond and against any concept of, of end to a life and so on and so forth. So let's continue with the discussion of Rav Nachman and uh, Rav Achai. So Rav Nachman sees that Rav Achai is not going to get out of this grave, but he still has a few questions, so he's going to continue talking. Amar is asking him another question now. It says in Breshis to Adam Arisha in Afar Atav El Afar what do you do with this pasuk? In other words, how is this pasuk stronger than the first one? The one of Kohelis. Because the one of Kohelis, you're telling me that we could make a difference between tzaddikim and non-tzaddikim. But this pasuk was said to Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon Whatever was told to him applies to all of humanity. As Rashi explains over here, you could see it on the left side. You cannot say that this only applies to Tzedak, to Rishoyim. All of the descendants of Adam Arishain are equal when it comes to the Kalalis that were told to Adam Arishain. And therefore, we cannot say that Afarat Tashuv doesn't apply to Tzadikim. Then we must say that Tzadikim also returned to dust. So how do you explain that Pasuk? He's not asking Ravachai, why are you still complete? <laughs> that would be rude. He's asking him, how do you explain that Pasuk? What do you do with this pasuk? So Ravachai answers him, Amar Hahu, that pasuk to Adam Arishoin only applies Sho Achas Koidem Triasamesim, one moment before Triasamesim. Which means that um, the tzaddikim will remain complete in their body under the ground until a moment before Triasamesim. They will then return to dust for a second and then 
they will get up by Tres Amesim. You find, just if I want to go back for a second onto what I was saying before about the Rif, the difference between the two Psukim, the first Pasuk seems to be linked to a time. The first on the board, the Pasuk in Koheles, seems to be linked to time. And immediately, because the Neshama departs, the second Pasuk, on the other hand, has no time limit. This is eventually. It doesn't say when. It doesn't, it's not that he has to be at one moment or another. So therefore, the Gemara concludes that there will be the Afar Tashuv. And Afar Tashuv doesn't have to be now. It doesn't have to be at death. could be much later. There is no time limit that was been given, no deadline to that given in the Pasuk. Unlike the Pasuk of Kaelis, which is to be linked to the moment of death. So therefore, Ravachai could safely say that the first Pasuk only applies to, to, to Reshoim, that immediately they return to dust. But the second Pasuk, that everybody has to go back to dust, that includes the Tzadikim, that could be much later too. That could be Shah Achas, and it will be Shah Achas if Nitches amazing. In a very long letter that the Rebbe writes before Nesias, one of the very first published booklets of the Rebbe after the Haggadah was Tshuva Subiurim. Tshuva Subiurim was a collection of a few letters that the Rebbe wrote before Nesias when people ask him questions about Emunah, about Mamesh Ikra Emunah. And in one letter that's already printed, the Rebbe talks about, the Rebbe answers the question to someone about what's going to be about Chesamesim, the details, the time, and so on and so forth. The Rebbe explains over there that death, it brings from the Zoyar, that death until Bias Mashiach is coming from the Sitrach. Right? The Malchamavis is not a good guy. It's not you know, one of the good good malachim. It's coming from the Sitrachel. However, at the moment of Trias Amesim, the Pasuk says, Ani Amis I will kill and revive. I referring to Hashem himself. So therefore the death at the time of Bias Mashiach, at the time of Trias Amesim, will be Misitra Dikdusha. He also mentions that at that time moment Everybody, even those who are alive, will also return to dust for a short moment. I don't know if that means a second, 10 seconds, 18 minutes, I don't know. One moment. Before Chesamesim, everybody will return to dust. And then will be revived. Why do we need this? Why do we need everybody goes back to dust even tzaddikim that for thousands of years have remained complete in their body isn't that a waste? right before the, the good time of boom, they return to dust why is it? Zoyar explains that there should be no residue no remiss, nothing reminiscent of the clipper of Eilamazer Excuse me? That there are people who are alive. Yeah, that the people who are alive 
at the moment of Tchias HaMesim, will return to dust also for a moment. And like this, they will, all, all any residue that was left on them from Ayla Mazeh, basically, any time that you ate a chocolate and it wasn't Leshem Shamayim, and it wasn't to be Mavar the Birurim, and it wasn't to elevate the Nitzutzes, it wasn't even to give you Chayes, so you should be davening Beislavus, or have enough energy to go on Mifzayim. But you ate it simply because it was good. So, that has an effect on your goof. On your goof, not just in the Shaman. It's there. That's part of your cholesterol. That's part of your, you know, flesh and blood. So, even though one does tshuva and he elevates, what happened to the gimel kipesat meois? Things that are actually awesome. So, by returning to dust, we will eliminate completely any residue that there is left over from our involvement in Ayla Mazen. So, therefore, it is necessary to do that because then we are going to be completely spiritual. So let's remove all of this by returning to dust. Another reason that the Zayar brings, it says that <coughs> we will then all become Hashem's creation. Very interesting that the Maharsha, which is a Pirush on the Gemara, very much nigle, of course, he brings an explanation to this discussion here in the Gemara, Based on the Zoyar, I don't think he mentions the Zoyar, but he paraphrases it. And he says, Being born from parents, Hashem gave us our Neshama, but our parents were involved in us being here in this world. As it's written, Gimel Shutfim Be'adam. There are three associates in making men. Mother, Father, and Hashem. So therefore, we are not a Bria Yesh Me'ayin. And therefore, we are limited. By the way, when you say infinite, infinite doesn't only mean it doesn't have an end. It means it doesn't have a beginning. So if we have a beginning, we have an end. If we are the product of our parents, we're limited. We have an end. Because that's not infinite. Infinity goes in both directions. I mean, that's a rule in mathematics as much as the Abdil in Kabbalah. Um, because when you say inf- infinite, uh, which, which direction are you looking at? You know, top or bottom? Turn around and you say finite. There is a, an end. I call that beginning, an end. So, therefore, we are all limited and we cannot live forever. We'll come Mashiach and it's going to be Tchasamesim and we'll have, we'll have Chaim Nitzchim. We cannot have Chaim Nitzchim if we are actually limited in nature. So, by returning to dust, we are completely annulled and we become nothing. Then Hashem recreates us Himself. We become Yetzir Kopov Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Bria Yesh What about after when Exactly. After Tchias HaMesim, we are going to live forever. I'm going to get, I, I, I don't want to get right now into the discussion of what's going to be at the end of the sixth millennium. 
is what we call Chat Choruv. The seventh millennium is going to be in a more spiritual state, but it's going to be inf- infinite. People are going to be born from Esther and Esther Well, that's, that's the thing, is that being that we have been... Uh, th- this is in itself another discussion, which we should take have, and maybe you should discuss it in your Daimashitashiv class. Um, the discussion is, is and, and they mentions it, but really I, I want to be able to finish this. I want to remain focused on the returning to dust issue. The question is, it says that Mashiach will come when all the neshamas that are in the, 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 the treasure chest will be already come down to earth. So then, if that's the case, there will be no, no need for anybody to be born after B'as Mashiach, right? So is there going to be birth after Mashiach? Of course, it's a discussion. What does it mean to those neshamas? How are they, you know, how are they come? Now, the, the quick answer is that the fact that mother and father are Yitzir Kopov Shekotosh so then does that bring the infinity to the children as well? But that's a discussion on its own. I know it's very fascinating and we should talk about it too, but now, so why is it necessary to return to dust? Is just so when Mashiach will come, we will return, we will be recreated directly by Hashem. And just like Adam Arishans, the intention was he should live forever because death was imposed to him after Chetat Sadas. So, being a Yetzir Kap of Shakodesh Baruch after Tchias Amesim, we will also be able to live forever. That is why even Tzadikim need to return to dust. Even though they were not returning to dust after death. But then the next question comes up. What makes it that Sadiqim don't return to dust and regular person do return to dust? Other than being a Sadiq and the Pasuk says, call me Shatmaisamarkivin. But Agufakashia, why is that? Why is that? Why is it that Tzadikim will not need to return to dust until Tchiyas Amesim and regular person do? If the answer is only so we could be created by Hashem, recreated by Hashem at the time of Tchiyas Amesim, so then we should also remain a complete body until Tchiyas Amesim and right then return us to dust and make Tchesamesim a complete new creation. Why is it that right now there is a difference in Tzadikim and non-Tzadikim? Why is it that we need to return to dust? The Rebbe explains as follows. What is the purpose of the goof on this earth? Is only to serve the Neshama. The reason why we were created, and in the Vreysil, we were created to serve Hashem. Serving Hashem implies, of course, doing mitzvahs. Doing mitzvahs require a goof. Every single mitzvah, as simple as it might be, requires your goof. You cannot just have the kavanah of the mitzvah and, and be yaitzah with the mitzvah. You need to do it. You have to eat the kazai matzah with your teeth and swallow it in your throat and digest it in your, maybe alpidin, uh, digest it in your stomach. You need to have all that goof to perform that simple mitzvah, feeding kazai matzah on Pesach. You need to have a hand to put on tefillin, etc., etc. Everything of our body is about serving Hashem. And we serve Hashem with every one of our limbs. So then, 
once the neshama departs, there is no more use for the goof. Since the goof was only here to serve the neshama, the neshama has departed, there is no more use for the goof. So therefore, the goof automatically decomposes because there is no room in this world for useless things. If some, something is useless, it, it just goes away. Uh, yeah, it, it's like in a job, you know, if you're a good boss and you see that one of your employees is totally useless, you fire him. Of course, if you're a better boss, you train him to become better. But some situations are hopeless and some useless people remain. Whatever. Uh, uh, the Indian is that the goof becomes completely useless after the departure of the neshama. So therefore, the neshama automatically, the, the neshama departs and the goof automatically decomposes as the Pasuk in Koalis implies, being that the neshama is no longer in the goof. So therefore, the goof is no longer needed. Automatically, the goof will return to dust as it was. The Abbey gives this example to understand in a visual way the luches. The luches also had the goof and the neshama. The goof of the luches were the stone, the rock. What was the neshama of the luches? The letters. Why do we need the rock, Bichlal? Being that the, the, the letters were engraved in the rock, we need to have a rock for the letters, to hold the letters. So the whole purpose of the rock of the luches is to hold asrasadibris, to hold the letters. That's why those luches were huge, extremely heavy. Moshe Rabbeinu was able to carry them, not because he was so strong, because he didn't need to carry them, because the luches were carrying themselves. The letters were actually carrying the, the stone. We're told that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down and he saw the Egel, the letters flew away. When the letters flew away, there was no more purpose for the stone. So the stone became heavy and fell down and broke in pieces. Exactly like the Guf and the Neshaman. Calls man that there was a use for the stone. The stones are there. But if the letters flew out, I don't need the stones anymore. Stones are useless. They fall, they break, they decompose in little dust. I'll... Huh? The Shivra Luches, because it's still. Just like, you know, they were, it was made by Hashem. Just like the Guf of Adam Arisha, it was made by Hashem. And he still returned to that, right? Or will return to that if we call him a tzaddik. The only use at this point is no longer in the form of Luches. The only use for the Luches that there is right now is the Shivre Luches, the fact that they are broken and kept as a zikoran, as a rem, as a reminiscent of actually the Chet Ha'egen. So there is a use, but not as a stone anymore. It's no longer a stone. Right? So the same with the goof and the neshama. When the goof, when the neshama departs, the goof decomposes. Because the goof is no longer useful since the neshama is not there. Now, 
we could understand why Sadikim, the goof remained complete. Couldn't understand why when Rav Nachman bent down and to, to pinch Rav Achai, he found that there was a real body there. There's a real mamoshes. Why? Because the goof isn't just a tool for the neshama. The tzaddikim are able to elevate and refine the goof to the kedusha of a neshama. As a matter of fact, in the Zoyar, the piece of Zoyar that we read in Maneloshen, it describes the neshamas of tzaddikim and so on. And everybody has the nefesh ruach, neshama chayichido. And our neshama is holy. And the Zoyar over there says about the tzaddikim, goof in diloin kadishin. Their body is holy. Their neshama is holy of holy. Which means that even the goof of a tzaddik has a kedusha comparable to the kedusha of a regular person's neshama. A tzaddik has refined his body that is not only a tool to serve the neshama, but the body itself becomes a complete cover to the Abishta. It's completely, it's actually turning to something as godly as the neshama. That's why a regular person, the neshama departs the goof is not needed. What's the point of it? A tzaddik's goof became holy and anything holy is eternal, right? You know that. A pair of tefillin became possible, is still holy. Because the kedusha always remains. A goof of a tzaddik, even after his istalkus, has the kedusha that makes it eternal. So that's why his goof doesn't decompose. In that case, why Bichlal does he need to be in the earth? Why should you bury him? You heard about Eliyahu Novi, you know what happened to him? What happened to Eliyahu Novi after, I mean, did he die? So when his time was up, what happened? He went up. He went up in fiery storm. His goof went up. You know why? Because he turned it into something holy. Now, tell me, what is the gematria of Eliyahu? Huh? 52? That was very quick. I'll give you another word and I'll ask you what is the gematria? What is the gematria of Behema? How do you know? Because very good. Yes. So the gematria of Behema is fifty-two. The gematria of Eliyahu is fifty-two. Is that nice? Should be talking this way, right? Well, the Rebbe explains what does it mean, the gematria. It doesn't mean that is that's who you are. The gematria means that there is a transformation here. The behemoth referring to the goof has been transformed into Eliyahu, which contains actually two of Hashem's names, right? Kel, Yudke. Complete godliness. The behemoth has now been transformed into Eliyahu. The goof is godly. So therefore, there is no sense in burying this goof. So he went up. And this is true for all tzaddikim. So then why not all tzaddikim go up in their body just like Eliyahu did? The Baal Shem Tov answered that question. Before his passing, the Baal Shem Tov said, I could go up this Ara Shamaimah just like Eliyahu did. 
However, I chose, I chose to elevate the Yesoid Afal. So therefore, I want to be buried in Afal. So I could elevate Yesoid Afal. And that's the idea of Afarat of El Afar Toshuv. Returning to dust in order to elevate it and be Mizachech. Yesoid Afal. What's the point of this? The Rebbe explains as follows. There are Arba Yesoides, as you know, what are the Arba Yesoides? Esh Ruach Ma'im Afar, Esh being the higher, Afar being the lower. By elevating the Yesoid Afar, you actually elevate the entire creation. Because the whole entire creation is comprised of Esh Ruach Ma'im Afar. And by elevating the lowest of the four Yesoides, you elevate also the highest of it, all of the Yesoides and all of creation complete. How so? The Rebbe gives an example about this, about picking up a house. And he says, of course he wasn't talking about a building such as this one, he's talking about the house the way they had it then, you know, like the bungalows, you know, think about the, the vacation house. So you could pick it up, Either with a crane, he calls it a levier, which French people love to think that Altarebbe used a French word. The Mittler Rebbe said that Altarebbe understood many languages, but French, he did not even want to look at the Tsurasa Oisios. He did not even want to look at the letters of French because of the clipper that is involved with that. Uh, it's, it's a different, uh, it's different Oisios. Um, at that part, at that time, he wasn't talking about uh, English. It's, it's, well, with the Fidikeb, the, the Mittler Rebbe said, the Mittler Rebbe is talking about over there Russian, Polish, German, all the languages that he was able to understand and speak. But he said French, because of the clipper of the arrogance of France, he absolutely did not want. So therefore, I, I, I have a hard time believing that when he says the Moshola Levir is actually a levier, it's probably something in Russian, but it doesn't matter. That's just Mamara Muska because I wanted to please the French students here. So, um, <laughs> so um, he gives a marshal like this. You want to pick up a house, you have two ways. You pick it up with a crane from the top, or you're picking up with a forklift from the bottom. You know, like this, or like that. So let me give you a, a, a visual exercise over here to see what is the difference. Al-Trebe says the danger... When you pick it up with a crane, by picking up the top, you might grab onto the top, and only the top will go up, but the bottom will remain where it is. You see? However, if you leave it, if you pick it up from the bottom and you lift it up, the top is also going up. You see, the top is going up too, together with the rest. So if you are only Mavar de Yisaydaesh, which is the higher one of the Yisaydaes, What's going to be with the rest of the Bria? The rest of creation, remember where it's at. So I could have gone up in fire, says the Baal Shem Tov. But I am concerned with elevating the whole Bria through the Zichuch of Yisai the Afar by being El Afar Toshuv, returning into dust, being with the dust, and elevating the dust. By being Mevarer, Mezacher, Me'ale, Yisai the Afar, I elevate all of the four Yisaydes and thereby the whole entire creation. And that's why Sadikim, even though this Ravachai, Bar Yoshiau, was having a good discussion, some attitude, talking to this Rav Nachman, 
as if he was alive. And yet, he remains in the dust. So that explained, we explained everything. His body doesn't need to return to dust because his body is not just a tool to serve the neshama. His body itself is holy. So then why is he in dust? So they all made here? All tzaddikim need to be, need to be buried to be, because each tzaddik has his own I guess, just like every, every person has his chelko ba'ilon, to be mevar, each tzaddik has his chelik in the Abba Yisraelis to be mevar as well. In a more clawless decay way, because the tzaddik is in the shah clawless in this case. But now, the complete zikuch of the wall comes through the fact that there is shachnafel. So we've explained all the, all of the questions that we've had, given all the explanations on this story. We will, need to return to dust because our goof is only a tool serving the neshama. When the neshama departs, there is no more need for it. So tzaddikim don't need this, but even tzaddikim will have that. So we become Yitzir Kapav Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem's creation, and therefore could live forever. Now you've heard the Rebbe wishing many times that Mashiach should come and we will live Chaim Nitzchim, eternal life without any interruption. How could it be without any interruption if one moment before Tchesamesim we have to return to dust? In other words, Mashiach is coming today and we are alive. We are to see or to cause Bias Mashiach. And then comes the time of Tchesamesim in 40 years, the second Kufa of the Geula, we all return to dust. Why can't we leave Chaim Nitzchim without an interruption? So we said, you have to return to dust. So you could become bottle, and that bitul of your whole mitzies, then the Ebesheg recreates you. In the Maimer that the Rebbe said, in the Shabbos of the Shloishim of the Rebbe, in Tavshim Memches, Mama Yitnu, the Rebbe says that we could be Yaitze of the Nafsh, we could be Yaitze of El Afar Toshuv, by fulfilling what we say when we daven every day in Shmanesre, Venafshi Keafor Remember at the beginning of the year in a class about water, we learned about Bitul. Venafshi Keafor That means I should be just like dust. That means I have Bitul. When a person has Bitul in his lifetime, he has returned to dust already. And by having returned to dust in his lifetime, he does not need to return to dust anymore. And therefore, we could live if and when Mashiach will come.